0: I'd like to welcome everyone here this morning. Should we open with 42? Thank yeah. you. and a word of prayer our dear heavenly father we ask this morning that you through your spirit would be in our midst that it would be that spirit that would open your word unto us and that spirit that would open our hearts and open our ears we ask that you in your wisdom and in your knowledge of our hearts that you would bring forth a message that you could encourage and lead and guide us. We ask that you would lead those who lead our nations, lead our communities, that you would put it in their hearts to seek for your wisdom, to seek for your guidance. We ask that you could give us faith, to trust, and faith that we could have assurance that you know all things and you know where each and every one of us is. We ask that you would give us wisdom and that you would give us direction as we walk here, that we could walk, that hearts could be drawn to you and that you could be glorified. We ask these things in Jesus' name, who has taught us to pray. Our Father, which art in heaven, Yeah. Greeted this morning with greetings of grace and mercy and peace. seems to be what I should read, and and I guess we will look into it prayerfully and ask that what is necessary that the Spirit would bring this out of it, how to, we will read from Second Chronicles, from the second, or from the 20th chapter, it's a portion of Scripture that I'm sure most of us have looked at at some point in Jesus name and it came to pass after this also that the children of Moab and the children of Ammon and them others besides the Ammonites came against Jehoshaphat to battle then there came some that told Jehoshaphat saying there cometh a great multitude of the ancient from the beyond the sea on this side of Syria and behold they be in Hazanotorm which is in Gedi And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And Judah gathered themselves together to ask help of the Lord. Even out of all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. And Jehoshaphat stood in the congregation of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O Lord God of our fathers, art not thou God in heaven? Rulest not thou over all the kingdoms of the heathen? And in thine hand is there not power and might, so that none is able to withstand thee. Art not thou our God, who didst drive out the inhabitants of this land before thy people Israel, and gave us it to the seed of Abraham thy friend forever? And they dwell therein, have, and have built thee a sanctuary therein, for thy name's sake, for thy name's saying, If when evil cometh upon us, as the sword, judgment, or pestilence, for famine, we stand before this house, and in thy presence. For thy name is in this in this house, and cry unto thee in our affliction. Then thou wilt hear and help. And now, behold, the children of Ammon, and of Moab, and of Mount Seir, whom thou wouldest not let Israel invade, when they came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned from them, and destroyed them not. Behold, I say, how how they reward us, to come to cast us out of thy possession, which thou hast given us to inherit. O our God, wilt thou not judge them? For we have no might against this great company that cometh against us. Neither know we what to do, but our eyes are upon thee. And all Judah stood before the Lord, with their little ones, their wives, and their children. Then upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaniah, the son of Jaliel, the son of Messiah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph, came the Spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation, and he said, Hearken ye all Judah and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem. And thou, King Jehoshaphat, thus saith the Lord unto you, Be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours but God's. Tomorrow go ye down against them. Behold, they come up by the cliff of Ziz. And and ye shall find them at the end of the brook, before the wilderness of Jeruel. And ye shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves, and stand ye still, and see the salvation of the Lord with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, fell before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. And the Levites of the children of of the Kohathites and of the children of the Korahites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a loud voice on high. And they rose early in the morning and went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God. So shall ye be established. Believe his prophets, so shall ye prosper. And when, he can, and when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord, and that should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army, and to say, Praise the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. And when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushments before against the children of Ammon Moab at Mount Seir, which were come against judah and they were smitten for the children of ammon and moab stood up against the inhabitants of mount seir utterly to slay and destroy them and when they had made an end of the inhabitants of seir every one helped to destroy another and when judah came towards the watchtower in the wilderness they looked upon the multitude and behold they were dead bodies fallen to the earth and none escaped and when jehoshaphat and his people came to take away the spoil of them they found among them in abundance both riches with the dead bodies and precious jewels which they stripped off for themselves, more than they could carry away, and they were three days in gathering the spoils, it was so much. And on the fourth day they assembled themselves in the valley of Baraka, for there they blessed the Lord. Therefore the name of, <coughs> the, name of the place was called the valley of Baraka unto this day. Amen. I guess uh, reading this, my mind goes to, let's mention a couple of places, but I believe the one is in the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is speaking <clears throat> in the one portion of it. He's talking and, and he talks about um, not worrying about food and clothing and and the things. And he says, look at the, the birds. They don't collect and gather, and yet God feeds them. And at the end of it, he says then, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. And I guess this account of Jehoshaphat, It maybe brings to my mind, and I hope all of us, perhaps, we can look at at this story and compare it to that where Jesus encourages us to seek first the kingdom of God, and that the rest of the things of this life, God knows we need them. He, He tells them, don't worry about food and drink and it is something that our natural beings i think at the best of times would struggle with not worrying about it if things are going sideways so to speak because we understand for life those are the basic necessities that we need we need to eat we need to drink to live and yet Jesus, I believe, is telling us that it is Him that is in control of these things. Yes, we go out and we put it simply do a day's work or we prepare a meal or we get something to drink. We do those things and we are encouraged to. And the Bible encourages us to not only Work, but that we would do the best job possible even if someone isn't watching us because God knows. And there is blessing in that. Why? Because God says there is. And He blesses those actions. But I think there's a big difference between doing what we are to do, our daily things, and worrying about them. And I think if we just go out each day and do what it is we should do, and yes, we would pray that God would lead us and guide us, that he would give us direction, that he would bless our efforts. But then leave it with him. And so... I guess this account here of Jehoshaphat that is recorded for us, I guess it just struck me as to how big of actions it is that we are to leave with God. And sometimes, I guess for me, if things get on a world scale as we look around us today at things happening, in some ways it's easier To leave that with God, because we realize we have basically no control of these things. And yet, even in doing that, how often is it that we still worry about what is going to happen? Still worry about the outcome. Worry about what it is going to do in our circumstances, in our life, how it's going to affect us and yes there's probably no way that we can say that it isn't going to affect us because it does but in spite of what man may do in spite of what man may be trying to achieve or even what man does achieve and and i'm speaking more towards thinking of nefarious or evil ends that people seem to be working towards, ungodly things, it affects us. And yet I would hope and pray that we could be encouraged and that God would put it on our hearts to look into his word and, and read about these happenings of these people in the Bible And yes, it is recorded, and sometimes we don't think about it real deeply. We could read through several accounts in the Bible and think, well, it was just almost an everyday occurrence that God was constantly showing these great miracles. But yes, there there was time in between many of them, and some of these things happened over many years. But this year that is recorded about Jehoshaphat, I believe it was a probably a short time frame that this happened, and God worked powerfully. And yes, it was to protect His children, but I think it was also so that God's children, believers, maybe even unbelievers, could read about these things as time went on, and be encouraged to look to God. Be encouraged that the promises in God's word, he will fulfill them. It even says here that in the ninth verse, because of how this text is, sorry, I might jump around in it, instead of just going through it necessarily, but it says, and this is it says if If when evil cometh upon us as a sword, judgment, or pestilence, or famine, we stand before this house and in thy presence. For thy name is in this house, and cry unto thee in our affliction, then thou wilt hear and help. And we could go back and we could read God giving that promise. Well, he gave it to Solomon when he built the temple, but he had given it even back to Moses when they had the tabernacle. And here we see, when we read this whole account, God fulfilled that promise. Yes, they were in a time of trouble, and it doesn't really tell us here the numbers, but it would indicate in the thing that it was an overwhelming-sized enemy that was coming to attack them, and. If it was strictly natural reasoning, we would probably think that, well, they would spend time fortifying the city, getting supplies in, and things like that. And it wasn't that they were not afraid of what was going on. And yes, we are encouraged not to be fearful about things, but we do Things trouble us. And when that happens, I would hope all of us would remember, if we see someone who is having problems or struggling, that we could encourage them to do exactly what Jehoshaphat did here. It says, And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord, There is honestly nothing more powerful, more useful that's going to take care of the worst situation better than seeking God, seeking God's direction, seeking God's guidance, His comfort, I I know I have experienced, and I hope that perhaps all of us have, that there's been times in my life where there's some circumstances that are going on that are extremely troubling. And I've been worried. I've been at my wit's end. I don't know how you want to word it. I think you understand. And it has come on my heart to just, If nothing else, that God could give me peace in it and totally beyond my natural reasoning, because the situation didn't get any better. I didn't have any better handle on it. But God allowed a peace in my heart to trust that, yes, he could handle this. And even that, it doesn't change anything except the place where my heart was. And it is a great blessing. We have that privilege. And we see here, if we read about Jehoshaphat, there's a fair bit about him. And he is one of the good kings that Judah was blessed with. Off and on throughout their history of having kings. He was one of the good ones. And we see the result of it here not only for him but for those around him because his first action was to seek god seek the lord it says and he proclaimed a fast throughout all judah and judah gathered themselves together to ask help of the lord even out of all the cities of judah They came to seek the Lord. I read this. This is maybe just a personal thing, but... I read through what Jehoshaphat did. And I look at the people leading our nations around us. And it's like... We would desire a Christian, as Christians that God would give us men like this. And I hate to, it sounds maybe too blunt, but instead of what we have. And my mind can get frustrated. And I have to admit there's been many times lately where that has been the state of my thinking. And yet the other day. There was a portion of scripture that came to me and i think it is good that we would remember it it's found at second peter the second chapter and i'll start reading about the ninth verse maybe the eighth and speaking about lot coming out of sodom and gomorrah it says for that righteous man dwelleth among them in seeing and hearing vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds the lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptation and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment be punished but chiefly them that walk after the flesh in the lust of uncleanness and despise government presumptuous are they self-willed they are not afraid to speak evil of dignities whereas angels which are greater in power and might Bring not railing accusation against them before the Lord. But these, as natural brute beasts, made to be taken and destroyed, speak evil of the things that they understand not, and shall utterly perish in their own corruption. It's pretty blunt and harsh about how it is that we are to view even what we would understand are evil people. That God has put in places of leadership. It is the devil. It is our own reasoning that starts bringing those thoughts. Well, if this is evil, it must end contrary to what God would encourage in the Bible. But maybe this is maybe more drastic than our thinking gets ever, hopefully. But God has kind of lost track of things and. and evil is triumphing. That is not the case. It tells us I believe in Romans that God raises up these people to achieve his purpose. And it's a I guess it's one of those things that we have to leave with God and it gives us a little glimpse of how it is that Or maybe I should say how much above our reasoning, above our thinking, our understanding God is. He is infinitely more. And yet we want to try to bring his reasoning down to my level and say, well, this is the way things should be. And this is the ninth chapter of Romans, and it's a little bit of an interesting thing or hard to understand in a way but it says this what shall we say then is there unrighteousness with god god forbid so there is an unrighteousness with god for he said unto moses i will have mercy on whom i will have mercy and i will have compassion on whom i will have compassion so then is it not of him that willeth nor of him that runneth but of god that showeth mercy For the scripture saith unto Pharaoh, Even for this same purpose have I raised thee up, that I might show my power in thee, and that my name might be declared throughout all the earth. Therefore hath he mercy on whom he will have mercy, and whom he will, he will, whom he will, he pardoneth. Thou wilt say then unto me, Why does he yet find fault? For who hath resisted his will? Nay, but, O man, who art thou that repliest against God? Shall the thing formed say to him that formed it, Why hast thou made me thus? Hath not the potter power over the clay, of the same lump to make one vessel unto honor and another unto dishonor? What if God willing to show his wrath and to make his power known, endures to make long-suffering the vessels of wrath fitted to disrupt, destruction, and that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy which he hath afore prepared unto glory? I have to admit that much of that, while I understand what it's saying and I understand that it's true, it it is beyond my comprehension. How it is that God does those things. Sometimes I get little glimpses of how it is and how it is that God understands the big picture. He knows that this heart, it will not Turn to him and he uses those things. But it all achieves. To glorify him. It doesn't matter whether someone believes in God. Or believes against God. Or believes in God or not. God still uses them to achieve. What he wants to achieve. I guess the question that we. Can ask ourselves. Do we want to work. For what God wants to happen. In being obedient or being disobedient. Because God has the power to use it either way. And yes. He doesn't like disobedience. It. I would have to say. Tears at his heart. When. The people, humans. He made all of us. He provided salvation for all of us. And yet so many turn and want to do contrary to what God would desire. We don't have to, as Christians, think about it that hard to understand that it would be An extremely different world if more people, or all people, or however you want to word it, would just simply turn to God. And yet, the Bible would indicate that the numbers of those who actually will turn to God is small, and it seems to get almost smaller if you say As time goes on, it obviously, as you read the word that goes up and down and God blesses, we say revivals, people turn away from God. It's basically been the cycle from the beginning of time. What God has laid out is going to be accomplished. We can read this word and understand that if we are obedient to it there will be blessings maybe at times it seems in the natural sense that there's not so many blessings but there is i was talking with someone the other day and and i don't know how the whole conversation went but i honestly believe and i said to them that i believe as christians that there's and I'll use the terms that are used in the Bible in places, it talks about a hedge around him. I mean, that's how basically how um, the devil talks about Job. He says, well, you put such a fence around him that it's no wonder he turns to you because you've so blessed him and protected him. I don't think it's any different with us. Yes, God in his wisdom has he allowed the devil to tempt and to destroy the life of Job, if you put it that way, he perhaps allows those things in our lives. And there's the story about the the man that was blind, and they brought him to Jesus, and the question was asked, was it because of something he did, or somehow that his parents sinned that he was blind? And Jesus said, no, it wasn't because either of them sinned, it was that God would be glorified. And I think there are times in our lives, I guess, there's consequences for sin. And if we do wrong, there will be consequences for it. And and we can look at it in a way and say, well, we're paying for what we did, sort of, perhaps, at times. But I also believe, thinking of the story of that blind man and thinking of the story of Job, that there are times in our lives where God allows things to happen to us. And it maybe doesn't have very much to do with us at all. It's maybe for the benefit of someone looking at the walk of a Christian. Perhaps someone that we would not even think about. That perhaps God is working in a heart. And showing the power that he can give to someone When they simply believe in him to deal with whatever is going on. It doesn't matter whether we're a Christian or not a Christian. There's problems in this life. But what a blessing to understand that the one who made this universe knows where I'm at and cares for me. And can take care of me. And if I say the simple thing that we are encouraged to do in all trials and in all blessings, in everything, is that we would do what Jehoshaphat did here and seek God. And the other thing that I think is important to notice, because maybe this is just me, I don't think so, but... It's difficult to be, we say, the odd man out. There's situations, that, and everybody is thinking, "Well, this is the direction that things need to go," and and it's easy to just go along with it. And yes, I understand here that Jehoshaphat was the king of Judah, and, and Especially if we are in a position of leadership as he was here, it is even more important that we would stand and do what was right and seek God, seek his will. But even if we're not a Jehoshaphat or a king or a leader in any way, let us seek God, even if what God would say is quite different from what it seems everyone thinks is the way to go it can be a difficult thing to take a stand to do on your own. But, there's a vast difference also between just standing and doing something on your own or standing on your own and doing something because God has encouraged that, because God is leading you. Then you're not on your own. You're doing it with the power of God to strengthen you, encourage you, direct you. And that is vastly different. And it doesn't matter if the rest of the world was against you. You have God. And I've heard it said that, I don't know if I can quote it exactly, but instead of invoking that God would help us in what we were doing, let us pray to God that we would be doing what he wants us to do and it's that va- it may be a vastly different place jehoshaphat seeks the direction of god and it says that the nation of judah came and they all sought god they all asked and i think there's something in what he does here also that is good for us to do and remember jehoshaphat says here first he basically acknowledges who god is said the god of heavens who rules over all the kingdoms of the earth that is what it says but basically that he has power to do whatever says, art thou not our God who didst drive out the inhabitants of this land before thy people Israel and gavest it to the seed of (coughs) Abraham thy friend forever? And they dwelt therein and have built thee a sanctuary therein for thy name's sake. And it goes on a little bit there. But basically, I believe what the gist of what it points me to is... As we go through life, yes, we can look in the Bible and read these accounts of Jehoshaphat, Moses, whoever, David. There's many of them. But in our lives, the longer we live here in this world, the more experience we have. Let us take the time when we are faced with something to ponder and look at how God has handled and taken care of us in other circumstances and unfortunately as humans when we are looking forward at a problem the devil is very quick to make it look huge and bigger than it is and when we look at behind it look at it behind us that has been taken care of by God he was very worked very hard to make well that was just it really wasn't that much of a problem it's just i don't know maybe it's just me but that's how my head wants to look at things things in front of us look me look so big and things behind well they weren't really a problem and the truth is they weren't because god took care of them but he can take care of those also let us take the time to remember that when we're facing something god has Helped us. God has taken care of us before. Even at times, perhaps when we I don't know what you say, we're too dumb to turn to Him like we should have. He still cares for us many times. Experience and it, it says that believe. I don't know if I can turn to it here in Romans, I think I read I might have even read it the other day. Yeah. It says we glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. It's the experience that we've experienced God taking care of us, working in our lives, even in other people's lives. Joseph didn't just look at his, he looked at the people of Israel down through time and he had to acknowledge and he said yes God I see that you did that basically he's saying here you've helped us before would you please help us again we have that same ability we have we have prayer and i don't know why sometimes saying some things i struggle with how it comes into my mind because it doesn't sound very i nice. anyway we have a direct line to the maker of this universe we can speak directly to god he hears our prayers the bible assures us as Christians, he hears our prayers. It says, The prayers of a righteous man availeth much. And immediately I can say, Well, I'm not that righteous. None of us can say that. But let us also read where it tells us, No, we aren't. But if we trust in Christ, his righteousness is ours. We are perfectly and completely righteous if we're a child of God and he will hear us it tells us that um, I can't, it won't come to mind just where it is but basically that he sees all the evil going on in the world how much more is he paying attention to the hearts of his children it is true and yes at times the devil wants to make it seem like we're stuck out in limb all on our own God is there he knows let us walk by faith instead of feelings our feelings go up and down faith is constant if we're having a very difficult situation what is it that we would do say well I'm just gonna go out and do my own thing or do we turn to God through faith? That's what faith encourages us to do. It doesn't matter how we feel, turn to God. Good or bad, let's trust in him. That's what these people of Israel did here. And because Jehoshaphat turned as the leader to God it blessed the entire nation that their hearts were moved to turn to seek God and they stood and they were seeking God God comes to this man to Haziel and it says that the spirit moved him the spirit of the Lord came upon him he brings a message from the heart of God and sometimes we can get that ourselves, and sometimes we can get it for others. I hope we've experienced those times when there's someone we know of who struggled and it's been put on our heart to share a portion of scripture with it, or we've experienced where someone else has felt that and shared something with us, and we feel encouraged. We feel reassured that God knows. He tells them and, and it's to me it is one of the most encouraging things and i think we should all in most situations that we could understand them first he tells them where the problem is where they are going to find it they're going to leave jerusalem which is a fortified city and go out into the wilderness to find this problem that is going to plague them but he gives them an assurance. He said, you shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves, stand ye still, and see the salvation of the Lord. Set yourself, sa- sorry, <clears throat> salvation of the Lord. Goodness sakes, I can't read. And see the salvation of the Lord with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. What an assurance. And he is still with us today. No matter what we are facing, whether it feels overwhelming or a little problem, let us turn to him for guidance. And he will be with us. And what does that cause? Says Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell down before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. It tells us, I believe it's the end of Hebrews, it says this, and I've read it before. It says, for him, therefore, let us offer, or by him, therefore, let us offer, offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. So we are to praise God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. I'm sure that's how these guys were worshiping and praising god they were thanking god for that assurance that he was with them and that he would take care of the problem and that he would handle the battle they go out there and they do something that our natural mind would say is almost to the point of ridiculous and i think it is something that we need to remember that every situation that we deal with, even if it looks the same, let's not jump to the conclusion. well, this is the same as I dealt with yesterday. I'll just handle it the same way. Let's ask God how we're to handle it. I can turn to, I hope I can turn to, there's the account of King David. And it tells of when he first became king and um, the uh, the Philistines decide, well, they're going to go and um, see if they're going to go and fight with him. And and I imagine they were going to try and defeat him. It says, they set themselves in the valley of Ephraim. It says, and David inquired of the Lord, saying, shall I go up? To the philistines wilt thou deliver them into my hand and the lord said unto david go up i will deliver the philistines into thy hand he goes up and they win the, win the battle it says then and the philistines came up yet again and spread themselves in the same valley and when david inquired of the lord he inquired of the lord again what to do and the lord said thou shalt not go up but fetch a compass behind them and come upon them over against the mulberry trees, and let it be that when thou hearest the sound of the going in the tops of the mulberry trees, that thou shalt bestow th- stir thyself, for then shall the Lord go up before thee to smite the host of the Philistines. So David did so as the Lord had commanded him, and smote the Philistines. David was faced with what looked like the same problem, but he asked God, and God said, "Yeah, go fight them the one time, and the other time he tells them to go round behind them." Here we read about these people here with Jehoshaphat. They sought God. God says, Moved them that they put the singers out in front of the army to lead it. And it doesn't seem reasonable to my natural thinking, but God, perhaps it was this God had said through this um, man that it, they wouldn't need to fight. And that they could stand still and watch God accomplish for them, if I put it that way. Maybe all this was, if I say it this way, was just a demonstration of the faith that they had in in what God had told them was going to happen. And I think there's times in our lives where we have that. It doesn't really seem to make sense, but we we're moved to do something... Simply that it shows that the faith that is there in what God says. And we see what happened. Those people, those people of Moab, Ammon, and Seir, if I put it this way, they was infighting and they destroyed each other these Israelites, all they had to do was go and collect the spoils. And it tells us that there was precious jewels and and spoils that they couldn't even carry. I think if we read further, it says that they took them four days to carry away all the spoils of what was left there. And they didn't have to fight at all. I think there's many times in our life where we should very quickly turn and seek the direction of God in a situation. And we will find that it doesn't have to be a battle for us. That all we do, if I say, is just take away the good of the result of what God accomplishes. We don't have to do anything. Just leave it with God. And I read this and maybe, maybe it's just mostly for me, but I look at what is going on around us in our nation, in our world. And it could be very worrisome. It could be very troubling, but I pray all of us are given a great faith and peace and understanding that God is in charge. God knows what's happening. He promised to care for us. And if things got really drastic, we read in where Paul says that to live is Christ and to die is gain. If the worst that they can do is kill us as Christians. And yeah, it doesn't sound very encouraging, but I think it's... It's kind of a strange thing in my head to think as a Christian. We live here in this world, and by faith we understand that what we're looking forward to is infinitely better than anything here. And it is our goal and our desire to be in heaven with God. And yet, we live here in all the troubles that go on around us, all the... natural troubles, the things that are wrong with our bodies, and no end of things. And yet we value this life. We try to live, it says we are to take care of this body because it's the temple of God. It, It seems counterproductive in a way. And yet it's how it is. It's how God has laid it out. And as Christians, we walk here do the best and we look forward to heaven and trust that if Christ is our Savior and the Spirit of God dwells in our heart there's nothing else we need to worry about that it will lead us and guide us and we can be obedient to that leading and guiding and knowing that the best is being accomplished I pray that we are given great faith and great trust in God in all these things. In Jesus' name, amen. (coughs) Shall we humble our hearts and receive the benediction? May the Lord bless thee and keep thee. May the Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. I guess it's next Saturday that, I don't know what time do we want to have a meeting here. Does one o'clock work for people? Or two, one, two, anybody have any preference? They will say one o'clock next Saturday we'll have a meeting here for the church, whatever's, I don't know what comes up. I don't know if there's anything, but that's what we'll do. So if there's anybody who's not here, please, someone think, please let people know. Also, um, because of weather, we didn't have Bible study Thursday night. And I was going to check with Amy, and I forgot this morning, but the way she worded it when I mentioned it to her, I think there'll be Bible study at Amy's on Thursday at 7.30. So that's different, I'll let you know. But, yeah. I forgot to clarify that for sure, but that's how she worded it, but this week we did have it then. day so. That's what we're planning for. 2018.
1: the yeah. yeah. am